This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. <laughs> I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. As usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 289, we're going to be planning for 2017. Can you believe it? 2017 is right around the corner. In less than a month, 2016 will be over. But here's the thing. We can't just let the new year come and go. We have to be proactive and make a plan for 2017. Now, I'm going to get started on my I'm getting started on my planning pretty late, but it's not too late. So, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to walk you through the steps that I am taking to plan for my new year and here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that by me sharing this, you can kind of go through a similar activity and come up with some actionable plans for where you want to go with your blog. Yep, that's right. We're going to be planning together. And by doing that, we're going to be taking responsibility for the success of our blog so planning for 2017 that's what we're going to be talking about today how are you how, how how are you doing no seriously how are you doing i hope everything is i hope all is well with you we're coming down to the end of the year the holidays are coming up or for some of us the holidays are already here i am actually uh currently Recording this from the beautiful island of St. Martin, my home in the sun. Well, I'm not in the sun. I'm in the office, but <laughs> having a good time down here with my family and friends and all that good stuff. It's, you know, it's just good to be home. It's good to be around family for the holidays. And I hope that you get to enjoy some of that wherever you are in the world. So this is episode number 289. And as usual, you're going to find the show notes at becomeablogger.com slash 289. Um, it'll all be there. So make sure to check it out. Let's get into today's content. You know, actually, before I left, I tried recording this episode and I recorded it I started recording it twice and then I realized in the middle of it that what I was going to cover is actually two episodes. Uh, so in this first one, uh, what we're going to be doing is talking about goal setting. But in next week's episode, I, you know, last week I mentioned that today we're going to be talking about an editorial calendar and creating one for 2017. But that has become much more detailed <laughs> than I anticipated. So I'm going to touch on that. I'm going to not just touch on it. I'm going to go in depth into that specific topic, creating an editorial calendar for your blog for 2017. That is going to be next week's episode. And today we're just going to be talking about setting goals, uh, creating a plan for 2017. And like I said, I'm just walking you through what I'm doing. I'm not saying this is the way to set goals or anything of that sort, but I'm just sharing what I'm doing as I create my goals for my blog, my goals for my business, and I'm hoping that it'll be helpful for you as you think through what you are planning 
2017. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Somebody smart said that once. I don't remember the person that said it, but <laughs> it's very applicable. So let's talk about setting goals. Now, when I think about setting goals for a new year, the first thing I do in my mind is actually kind of take stock of the, the current year and and look at what worked and what didn't work. And just kind of brainstorm and look for some data. And we're going to look through some of that today. We're going to talk about some of that today uh, because I think it's very useful to reflect on what has happened so that you can come up with a good plan for where you want to go. So first thing you want to do, or the first thing I did, is I asked myself, uh, what worked in 2016? Uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff. What were the things that actually worked? And the first thing that comes to mind has to do with uh, growing my coaching club, uh, the Become a Blogger Coaching Club. Uh, it's currently closed right now. Um, but when it comes to growing my coaching club, there was one thing. It's a membership site. There was one thing that I did that had the biggest effect on getting people to sign up as paying members. And that thing, that one thing was webinars. Whenever I did a webinar specifically to provide value to the, the attendees and then to promote the coaching club, I had the biggest increase in new member signups. Now, here's the interesting thing. And this is going to sound kind of crazy and you're going to be thinking, Leslie, what is wrong with you? Webinars worked very well, but I hardly did any of them. <laughs> I think I did like two or three with the intention of promoting the coaching club in all of 2016. Now, that doesn't make any sense. So now that I'm looking into 2017... Uh, and, and, you know, some of the reasons for that I addressed in last podcast episode where I was talking about fear and how that has impacted my business and what I'm doing and all that good stuff. Um, I addressed why I didn't do as many webinars as I should have. But that is one thing I know going into 2017 that has to change because if it works then you do more of it. If it's providing value, if it's helping your audience, if it's growing your membership, if it's selling your courses, it's selling your eBooks, whatever the case might be, if it's actually working, you did it and you saw some success with it, instead of just trying to move on to something else to try something new, why not double down on that one thing? So number one, webinars. That is something that worked tremendously well whenever I've done it. And when I, when I did it in 2016, it also worked. So that's number one. Okay, and I want you to kind of go through this activity. What worked for you? Number two, authenticity. Authenticity. Now, it's not that I wasn't authentic before. But I found that when I really show who I am, I connect with my audience even better. My audience connects with me even better. And that's a good thing. You know, last week's episode that I did on fear and how fear held me back from reaching my potential was one where I was just completely authentic. I was 100% myself. I shared things that I was struggling with. I just shared 
I shared me. And the feedback that I've gotten from that was way more than the feedback that I've, <laughs> that I've gotten from any episode in 2016. And that's significant. The more authentic I, ha- I am, the more people connect and the more I connect. So authenticity is something that worked very well for me. The third thing on my list, once again, I'm just kind of walking you through what I did. The third thing on my list was the one-on-one coaching uh, results that I've been having with my clients over the last year. Well, over the last two years, really. There's something about working with people one-on-one that allows you to, in, not there's something, you spend more time with those people and you're able to invest even more with those individuals and really see dramatic effects. You know, um, I went to a conference earlier this year. Well, not way earlier. It was just in September, I think. And at the conference, one of the things that I wanted to do um, and I was kind of hyping myself up. You know, when we go, th- when I go to this conference, I'm gonna r- make sure to 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 try to advertise my one-on-one coaching services. And when I went there, it was the weirdest. At, for me, it was the weirdest thing, because I didn't have to advertise my coaching services. People that were there, that were my past clients, were talking about the success that they've been having with their blogs as a result of coaching with me. And I literally had the number of people that I wanted to get, um, the number of clients that I wanted to get, I literally had people walk up to me and say, hey, I hear you do coaching and you're getting good results with your clients. I need coaching. Can I sign up right now? (laughs) It was the weirdest thing for me. Um, and that has, you know, of course, that's going to have significant effects on my income and what I'm doing and, and what I'm able to do in my business as a result of that. Uh, so one-on-one coaching, the, 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 the working kind of hands-on with one person at a time, that really worked for me in 2016. So that's the third thing I had on my list. And then number four, this is something that I, I encourage all of you to do. I wanted to see what was working for me in terms of driving traffic to my site. Uh, because I wanted to see, you know, I'm spending time on whether it's social, pl- social media platforms or optimizing my site for SEO and all that kind of stuff. And it's always good to kind of look at the numbers and see what's actually working. Okay, so what I, what I want to encourage you to do if you are trying to figure out what's working for you is to open up Google Analytics. Hopefully, you have Google Analytics on, installed on your blog. If you do not for some reason, make sure to do that. Um, it's a relatively simple process to get it installed. Um, but once you have that installed, it tracks all of your traffic uh, just all your traffic, the people that are coming to your site, how they're getting there, what they're doing when they're on your site and all that good stuff. And it gives you a ton of data. Now, there's one section that I went to to kind of find out, you know, what's working in terms of driving traffic to my site. And it's the acquisition section. So if you just go into the acquisition section and then you go to all traffic, you could see what channels are sending you the most traffic. So you go to acquisition, all traffic, and then channels. 
Okay, once again, acquisition, all traffic, channels. Just think about you're acquiring someone to your site. They're coming to your site from somewhere. You want to know how you're acquiring them. You go to acquisitions. You want to see all of your traffic and what channels are sending those, uh, what channels are responsible for sending that traffic to your site. So I went in there and I looked for my top three channels. And this is what I saw. This, this may be different for you depending on your site and all that good stuff. Um, number one was organic. Okay, so my number one source, source of traffic were people going to Google and doing a Google search for become a blogger or how to start a blog or uh, ways to do vlogs on your smartphone and all that good stuff. And I remember some of those search terms. Um, but it tells me that the number one source of traffic for me is people going to Google and searching for something that's related to my blog and getting to my blog that way. Now, that is very insightful because that tells me that when it comes to search engine optimization, it is actually working for me, okay, at, at, at the level that I'm at. And at your level, those numbers may be different from mine. I don't know if you can hear that, but there's a plane flying. There's an airplane flying right above our heads right now. <laughs> I miss that sound. Okay, um, yeah, so organic was number one, which tells me that something is working well, at least relative to the other traffic sources. Um, and maybe if that's working well, maybe I should focus more on really optimizing my site for the search engines because it's already relatively optimized. But what if I could make some tweaks? And I know that I can because I use the Yoast SEO plugin and I kind of use it kind of lazily. Um, sometimes I go in there and check things out, but what if I were more consistent in trying to optimize all of my posts for search engine traffic? Okay, so number one, organic. Number two was direct, which means people are just coming to the site and typing in, uh, become a I mean, coming to their browser and typing in becomeablogger.com and coming directly to my site. That's direct traffic. And then I have other, but then I have social. So social is actually a little down on the uh, list of uh, channels that are driving uh, traffic to my site. So what I'm thinking is, how can I strengthen my organic traffic? And how can I optimize for social? So I want to kind of dig a little deeper into social to see which social networks are actually working for me. So if from that same screen in Google Analytics, you can go to social. Just click on social and get an idea of which sites are sending you the most traffic, which social networks are sending you the most traffic. And for me, I see Pinterest and Facebook. And Pinterest is number one. Facebook is number two. Twitter is number three, but it's like way less than Facebook and Pinterest. Okay, so I see now that Pinterest is working in terms of sending traffic relative to the other so, uh, social networks. And Pinterest is one that I hardly spend any time on. And I've spoken about this before, right? If I hardly spend any time on this network and it's sending me more traffic than any other network, what does that tell me? Well, maybe I should start paying more attention to this Pinterest thing, right? <laughs> my, uh, uh, my friend Jeff C. from Manly Pinterest Tips uh, and, and Kate Al from uh, Simple Pin Media, one of my clients, they would, they, they, they would get excited to hear me say that right now. <laughs> um, but yes, if it's working, 
that's an indication that, hey, maybe I should spend more time focusing on what's already working. Now, another thing that you can do uh, in terms of looking at where your traffic is coming from is checking to see who has linked to you to send some traffic over to your site. So you can go same place acquisition and then all traffic, but this time you're going to referrals. And when you go there, you're going to see if there are any sites, any blogs that are actually linking to you. Now, the reason I would recommend doing this is because this can give you some ideas for potential collaboration, people that you can um, work with. Uh, I, I went there and the one of the top referrers of traffic is a site, uh, is a guy that writes a blog and I don't know this guy, but he included me in one of his articles. Well, it would make perfect sense to reach out to this guy and try to connect with him not to say hey you sent me traffic send me more but hey is there something we can do together um, is there some value that I can provide to your audience you just never know what can come from this so all of this to say we're kind of looking at 2016 to see what actually worked so that we can get ideas of places to spend our time instead of trying to fix something that's absolutely not working, why not spend the energy on something that is already working well, something that you're already strong in? Chances are that by focusing on those things, you're able to increase your traffic, you're able to increase your sales, you're able to increase what you're trying to do in your business and accomplish your goals even quicker. All right? Okay. It's kind of like, you know, I just thought about this analogy. It's kind of like, have you ever tried to like, um, you, you have a wrench and you're trying to take off, a, a, you're trying to maybe take out a screw or something of that. You don't take out a screw with a wrench. What am I talking about? You have a nut and a bolt and you're trying to loosen it up. And in the beginning, it's really hard. And if it's really stuck and it's not going anywhere, it's going to be really hard to get that going. But once it's going, once it's already working, it's much easier to continue on. And you, you find that you invest less energy to keep that thing going than, you know, to get it started. It's kind of like an avalanche, right? You start with a little snowball that's rolling and it gets uh, a little bigger. But in the beginning, it takes a lot more time. It takes a lot more effort. And then all of a sudden, based on the momentum, that junk is just flowing down the hills and all that good stuff. And it's much easier to keep Keep that going and even to speed it up because it's already moving. So look at what's working. But then don't stop there. I want you to look at what is absolutely not working. But not just what's not working. Why didn't it work? And what are you learning from that? And this is something that I like to reflect on every so often. You can't just look at the successes. you got to look at the things that aren't doing as well. So... One of the things that I, I started that I completely failed at was at the beginning of the year, I kind of started this video show on Facebook and I was all excited about it. And, you know, I would record an episode and put it up. And then the next week I'd think about another one and then record it and then put it up. And then a few weeks in, I just kind of stopped. And when I asked myself, why did that happen? I think because I, I really had no system. It was kind of a, Okay, okay, I have a good idea. Let's do this. 
But instead of doing it like that, what if you were to create a system to make sure you're getting the ideas in a timely manner and organizing those ideas and outlining the show in a specific way and then pub uh, recording it in a specific way, publishing it in a specific way? I had no system. It was just a, okay, we got to get something done right now. Let's do it. And that is not an efficient or an effective way of making something happen in your business. All right, so that's number one that didn't work. Number two that didn't work, promoting the coaching club. Um, I was not consistent with it. Once again, I addressed this all in the previous episode in terms of the fear and how that held me back. But the, 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 the success of the coaching club could have been much greater if I were more consistent. Okay, so that's number two. Um, number three, there was something I tried out. I said I wasn't doing a lot of webinars, but I did do one kind of webinar where I, I kind of recorded a course for the members of the coaching club. And if you're not a member of the coaching club, you can attend for free still um, live. But if you wanted to get the recording, you would have to join the coaching club. That is something that I don't, I don't even know how many members it brought in, but if it did, it was not a significant number. So that is something that just didn't work. And I did, um, maybe I did three of those webinars and it didn't work. Um, so that's not something that I'm going to try to continue on. And I think part of the reason it didn't work is, well, if you can attend for free and you get the information there, well, you get that information and then you move on. You don't need to be a member because you you already got the information. All right. So those are some of the things when I think about 2017 um, and when I think about 2016, those are the things that worked, some of the things that worked and some of the things that didn't work. All right. So now that we've done, we're done reflecting, not fully done, but done for this part of the episode, <laughs> uh, let's move on to, to setting a plan for 2017. Now, this is what I did, you know, and this is probably something you've heard of before. Um, have you heard of SMART goals? I hope you have, and if you haven't, this is going to be the first time, and it's going to be great. This is something that I walk my coaching clients through uh, right at the beginning. When we first start coaching, we set three-month goals. Uh, I, I want to make sure that we have some way to track our progress, to measure how well we're doing and how effective it is for them. So we set goals for three months. And then we kind of, every two weeks we meet to break down what we need to do over the next two weeks in order to get us closer to that goal that we've set up. And some of, we try to set ambitious goals, but we want them to be SMART goals. And what that stands for, it's an acronym. The S stands for specific. The M, measurable. The A, attainable. The R, realistic. And the T, time-based. Setting SMART goals, that's the way to go. You want to make sure it's specific. You can't say something like, I want to lose weight this year because that's not specific. How many pounds do you want to lose? That is more specific. And then you can, the next one, measure it. 
it needs to be measurable. So if I say I want to learn lose 30 pounds, that is measurable. I can go on a scale and determine how much my weight is and um, be able to measure how much I've actually lost. It needs to be attainable. In other words, you can actually accomplish it. That doesn't mean it can't be a huge goal, but it needs to be attainable. To say that I want to go from making $50 a month to having my first million dollar year, is it possible? Yeah, it is technically. Um, but is it attainable and realistic? So can you actually accomplish it? Uh, so that's the attainable and is it realistic? That is pretty self-explanatory. I would love to make $10 million this year. Is it realistic? Well, it depends. And that's something that you have to decide for yourself. And maybe you, you, you kind of shoot some of your ideas by, by a friend or a, a, a mastermind um, that you're a part of or a mentor you're working with or something of that sort. And the T is for time-based, okay? I want to lose 30 pounds by December 31st, 2017. I'm not saying I want to lose 30 pounds, but that is specific. It's measurable. It's attainable. It's realistic. Well, it may not be attainable for me because losing 30 pounds might not be a good idea. Uh, it needs to be realistic, and it needs to be time-based by December 31st. So I've created a number of smart goals for myself. I have one, two, three, four, five here. Um, I'll share one with all the details for you so that we can kind of break down the rest of the process that I'm going to walk you through. Um, and uh, I'll share some of the others with you in terms of some details of some of the others. So number one, I want to grow the coaching club by 300 members by December 31st. Is it specific? 300 members? That is very specific. Is it measurable? Absolutely. Um, is it attainable and realistic? Yes, it is. It is attainable. I've done webinars that have brought in 60 to 100 members, actually. Um, is it realistic? I think so. Uh, is it time-based? By December 31st. It is a SMART goal. So you can kind of run your goals by this SMART goal criteria to determine if it is a SMART goal. So that's number one. Number two, there's a certain increase in my monthly affiliate income that I want to have by December 31st. Number three, I want to increase my typical email open rate by 8%. Number four, I want to uh, have two paid speaking engagements at a minimum of a certain cost, a certain price uh, that I will charge uh, in 2017. And number, what is that, two, four, five, <laughs> I want to maintain an average of eight coaching clients after the end of February. Okay, so those are my specific goals. Um, and, well, I didn't share all the details in terms of some of the numbers, but you get the concept. Whatever goals you create, make sure they are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. All right, now that we have that, 
you're not gonna stay there. Now we have our goals. These, I, the for for example, my first goal: grow the coaching club by 300 members by December 31st, 2017. The next thing I want you to do is break each of your goals down by quarter, month, and week. And if you want to go really extreme, you can go all the way down to day. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, 300 a year would be about 75 per quarter, which would be about 25 per month, and which would be just under six per week, 5.8 to be exact. So what this is telling me is every week I got to get about six new members. And some weeks I might get less, some weeks I might get more, but it needs to average out to about six per week. Now, to me, that makes it much more attainable in my mind. Because when I think about 300 members, I think to myself, man, that's a huge number. But when I think about, hey, I got to get six new members every week based on what I'm, I, I know that I can do, it just seems much more attainable, much more realistic in my mind. And it gives me a short-term goal to shoot after. Okay, so once you've set your goals, the next thing you want to do is break it down per quarter, uh, per month, uh, per week, so that you can get a good idea of what needs to, well, the next step, what needs to be done in order to accomplish those goals. So the next step is to answer the question, how will you accomplish each goal? And what I would like for you to do is to come up with three ideas. And you can brainstorm these ideas. You can ask, ask some friends that you know um, have some uh, experience with the types of things that you want to accomplish. Um, but I'll give you some examples. Uh, with my coaching club, what are three ways that I can increase the signups? Well, I have three. Number one, it should be very obvious to you, based on what I said before, more webinars. <laughs> if I only did two or three last, uh, last year, I need to be doing two per month or at least one every month. Now, I haven't decided on the frequency as yet. It's either going to be twice a month or once a month. I'm leaning towards the twice a month. Um, and there are some other things that I'm exploring, like there are concepts like automated webinars and so on. I'm not 100% sure about it yet, but it's these are some things that I'm thinking about in my planning process. So number one, more webinars. Number two, I can work with affiliates. Now, this is something that I haven't done up to this point, and I haven't done it for a number of reasons. I wanted to make sure that when I do an affiliate program, I am doing it the right way, the way that I've always envisioned an affiliate program in my mind, and I'm providing the support to my affiliates that they need to kind of go above and beyond what is normally expected of an affiliate program. So working with affiliates and having those affiliates, you know, promote the webinars or doing a specific webinar just for that affiliate. One of the things that I've explored doing, thought about doing is if I'm doing one a month, I could do one internally per month and then one with an affiliate. So that's another idea. That's idea number two. Idea number three, create sales funnels. 
Now, I I have a one sales funnel that I use for webinars, but what I'm thinking about doing is creating four sales funnel, four sales funnels, one per quarter. Um, and that's where you provide lots of value on the front end. Um, and I'm going to be doing that by having specific themes for throughout the year. We're going to be talking more about that when we talk about the editorial calendar. But I'm going to have specific th themes throughout the year for the free and the, the, the member-only member stuff that I create where I'm going to provide free incentives. And once they sign up for that free incentive, they get value-packed, actionable content via email that kind of leads them to a special offer that then hopefully will result in sales. Okay, so I'm going to be focusing on creating one sales funnel every quarter so that by the end of 2017, I have four sales funnels in place, bringing members in in a more automated way. So once again, you create your SMART goals, you break them down, break each goal down by quarter, by month, and by week. And then for each of those goals, you're going to come up with at least three ideas that you can use to accomplish each of those goals. So if you have three goals, you're going to be coming up with at least nine ideas. All right. So I just shared, you know, for, for one of my goals, the Growing the Coaching Club by 300 members by December 31st, some of the ideas that I came up with, I have more ideas, but these are the main three that I'm going to be focusing on in 2017 to accomplish that goal of Growing the Coaching Club by 300 members by December 31st. Now, the, the next question is kind of an extension of what we've already spoken about. You want to ask yourself, what kind of content do you need to create to accomplish that goal? In other words, what, what, are your, what is your audience looking for? And that is what we're going to get into next week when we talk about creating the editorial calendar. We're going to talk about how do you find out what your audience really wants. And we're going to be looking not just at, you know, hey, I think they like this. I think they like that. I think uh, yada, yada, yada. We're going to talk about specific things that you can do. We're going to dive a little more into Google Analytics and some of the different places where you can get interesting ideas for content that you maybe have not uh, thought of. Um, we're going to talk about some of those things and how you can do that. So that's pretty much it. Once again, to recap, look back at what worked in 2016. Look at what didn't work in 2016 and what lessons you've learned from it. Then you're going to create your SMART goals for 2017. And those are going to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based goals. You're going to break those goals down by quarter, by month, and by week, and if you want to go all the way down, you can go all the way down today, and then come up with at least three ideas for how you can accomplish each of those goals that you've set, and then think about the kind of content you need to create in order to help you accomplish those goals. So, I want to leave you with two questions. Question number one, you should already have an idea of what that is. 
What is one of your SMART goals for 2017? That's question number one. What is one of your SMART goals for 2017? You don't have to share them all as you kind of create your plan. But what is one of those goals? And then number two, what is one thing you can do to help you accomplish that goal? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this was episode 289. I hope you got some value from that. I really, I really want to encourage you to kind of think through this process and come up with those smart goals and share one of them. So one simple call to action for you today, uh, of course, because I want to really start connecting with you at a deeper level. And to be able to do that, I need something from you. Yeah. <laughs> now you heard me share some of my goals with you. And I even went into a lot of detail about one of those specific goals. Now I'm hoping that you will take the next step for any relationship to work, you know, it has to be a two-way streak. So I would love for you to go to becomeablogger.com slash 289. That's the show notes for this episode. And what I want you to do is share your answer to the questions I asked earlier. Share the, your answers in the comments. Number one, what is one of your SMART goals for 2017? And number two, what is one thing you can do to accomplish that goal? You can share as little or as much as you'd like. I'll be there and I'll be engaging with you. So head on over. That's becomeablogger.com slash 289 and let's have a conversation about it. That's pretty much it. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. <laughs>